The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And, you know, thanks again for joining us on the AI Today podcast. You know, as we always say, our podcast series here at AI Today has been going strong now in our fifth season. We'll be coming up up on our fifth anniversary. And, you know, when you come up on a fifth anniversary, you're always looking back to things because, you know, in the world of, uh, you know, the government world, have you heard of those five-year plans? It's a bit of a joke, you know, honestly, because the five-year plans never work out. Uh, But it is, there's a reason why people pick five years. It's half a decade. It's a lot of time, you know, to really get things going. We're always thinking about it. And for those of you who have provided feedback on what you like about the AI Today podcast or what you don't like, what you want to hear, we really appreciate you. For those of you that haven't, this is your chance, because as we said, we are always constantly reevaluating um, what we do in these podcasts, because at the end of the day, we could, Kathleen and I, trust me, we speak to each other all the time on the phone or whatever, sometimes engaged, sometimes, you know, we're, we're like having intense conversations, but that's not what this podcast is. It's not us talking to each other. We're talking to you, our audience. So it's very important for us to hear from you. So, you know, on this particular podcast episode, we're going to revisit one of the first things that we ever talked about in our podcast way back in 2017. Oh my God, my brain hurts even saying 2017, but like way back in 2017, we we had a topic and, you know, since then every year we do, um, a bit of a predictions, a forecast episode. We talk about it and we revisit this idea of kind of where AI is at, but we want to spend a little bit more time on this uh, today. I know I'm kind of saying general things, but anyway, just want to say we appreciate you, our audience. We're paying a lot of attention to what you you guys do and say. Exactly. Without you guys, we definitely would not be here for as long as we have been. We started the podcast in 2017. So if you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to AI Today. You'll get notified of all future episodes. As Ron mentioned, we are going to be, you know, looking back at some previous topics, but also looking forward and seeing where things are headed. With today's podcast specifically, Uh, We wanted to talk about the AI winters. Many people still might not be familiar with what this is. So we've been in previous AI winters and we'll go into that in a little. But today's podcast is really going to focus on is the next AI winter on its way and what we've been seeing in the market. So as a quick recap, we dedicated an entire podcast episode to this, one of our firsts. I will make sure to link to it in the show notes so that if you'd like to go back and get a refresher on the previous AI waves and winters, you absolutely can do so by listening to that podcast. But a quick overview now is... I mean, hopefully by now, if you've been a listener for a while, you know that AI is not new and that it's been around since the 1950s. The the, uh, term artificial intelligence was coined in 1956. So it's been around for quite some time. And with that, you know, the first wave really was from that late 1950s to early 1970s. In that wave, a lot of things happened. You know, people, we got the first chat bot which if you can believe it or not, um, Eliza. We also had the first checkers playing bot, and this was really early robotics as well. There was a lot of excitement around this, which also can lead to a lot of hype. 
And at the end of the day, uh, it can also, you know, lead to a lot of over-promising and under-delivering. And really, that's why we went into our first AI winter. What people found out is that, I mean, back in the day, you know, think about what, what we had in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. We did not have computers anywhere near as powerful as we have now. We did not have the internet. We didn't have, uh, you know, mobile. We we didn't have a way to manage big data successfully. Uh, storage was incredibly expensive. And like I said, we just didn't have a lot of it. So, you know, especially compared to, to today. So we basically just had this um, problem of over-promising and under-delivering mm-hmm. on what it could do. And people realized that humans may just be better or quicker, cheaper. Um, and so we went into an AI winter, which is a period of decline in investment, in interest, and in research. That's how we're def- we're, we specifically define the AI winters. And the industry uh, sees that as well. Yeah. And what was the interesting thing is if you go back and look at some of the videos uh, or films actually back in the day, because they weren't video, but if you look at some of the films recorded, they're actually very impressive from the 1940s, 50s and 60s. There's this uh, the, the tortoises that that basically operate autonomously and can detect each other and even go back to their recharging station on their own. Uh, Hopkins had a bot that could walk down the uh, holes of Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab and find a plug, an outlet where it could plug itself in with its own arm. Uh, these chatbots were very convincing in many ways. And you might be thinking, you know, even the early forms of neural networks were around in the 1950s and 60s. The perceptron was very early and you might, and it was very um, promising. You know, we also had the space race going on at the same time. So, at the, you know, if you were to kind of think about where people's minds were at in the 1950s and 1960s. We thought the whole world was possible. You know, Stanley Kubrick comes out with the movie 2001 and a space odyssey. And he's thinking, where are we going to be by the year 2001? Oh, we'll be up in space. <laughs> we'll be uh, on these, uh, you know, we'll be living on spaceships. We'll be living, you know, orbiting planets. Oh my God. We are so far away from what we thought we were going to be in the year 2001. 2001 is now two decades before, you know, from now, but before now. So it's like, it's kind of, it's almost silly to think that's where we were, but that's where people thought we were going to go because they looked at the momentum of computers and space and all this sort of stuff. They tied those two things together and said, smart computers, Hal from 2001, space, the space race. And they thought, well, we'll just have smart smart robots in space. That's also, if you think about where things were in the late 1960s, Star Trek came out in the late 1960s. What came out in the early 1970s? Star Wars, right? Battlestar Galactica. Clearly in our minds, that's where we thought we were going to be. And unfortunately, the technology let us down. And it it could not meet that need. And because of that, there was that huge pullback, right? People stopped funding it. People stopped doing research on it. And as a matter of fact, by the late 1970s and early 1980s, if you said you were doing research in neural networks, you were kind of laughed at, honestly. You were like, oh, there's the crazy kook trying to do artificial intelligence. That That's not going anywhere. But by the late 1980s and early 1990s, we had desktop computers. We had corporate networks. And we thought, okay, well, maybe maybe, maybe the computers are up for this sort of stuff. And one of the early things that, that happened was that uh, we had a chess playing bot, uh, uh, Deep Blue, by IBM that beat the grandmaster, right? Uh, the grand uh, master Kasparov, right? Gary Kasparov. And uh, it was very well publicized. You're like, well, if a computer can beat the grand chess master, then clearly we're like, you know, just a year or two away from sentient robots, right? 
but of course, what happened and, and the difference with that happened in the late 80s and early 90s was that we had a lot of corporate investment in AI, these expert systems. And we thought, okay, well, maybe this is here to stay because in the first wave, it was mostly the government funding everything. Uh, but the second wave was like a lot of companies and, and early venture capital doing it. But by the, again, by the mid 1990s, we're like, expert systems are very brittle. They don't work. Uh, just because you can play chess doesn't mean you can make this deep blue thing do anything else. You know, it wasn't really good at anything else. Uh, early robots, better, but still not particularly smart. And so um, by the late 1990s, we had a decline in interest and a decline of investment. And I think if you were in 1996 and you were a researcher and you said you were doing work on artificial intelligence, you were one of, again, one of those crazy people on the corner. Um, you know, maybe a little bit better than the 1950s, 70s or late 70s, but uh, not that much better. So here we are, 2009, 10 is when things really started getting back into interest, mostly driven because of big data and the needs to get more intelligence out of that big data. We solved a major challenge in computer vision, this ImageNet challenge, and people said, oh my goodness, neural nets actually work. Oh my goodness, deep learning. And because of deep learning, honestly, 90% of the reason why we're here is because of deep learning, a very particular approach to machine learning. So it's not even all machine learning is deep learning, just one particular approach powered by big data seemed to work, and that's why we are here. But... Well, have we reached sort of the edge of what's possible here? And are we seeing the same signs 2022? It's kind of crazy. I'm even saying the year 2022, but we're in 2022 and we're already well over a decade since the beginning of this last wave of investment. And are we starting to see the same problems that have arisen in the late 1970s, mid 1970s and the late 1990s? Exactly. And that's why we continue to, you know, even behind the scenes, talk and reflect on this subject. Back when we first started our podcast in 2017, I remember that Ron and I had talked to people who had been around in, you know, the AI industry it, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And they said, you know, this is, this is a real, uh, possibility that we can get into another AI winter and people that haven't been through one before don't quite understand. And they, you know, buy into the hype, they buy into this overpromising that happens, and then give it a few years, and it will continue to go the way that it's always gone if people don't set realistic expectations. And here we are, like Ron said, a little over a decade later, and we continue to ask this question, is the next AI winter on its way? Now, we had said that when we look at an AI winter, there's three main factors that we consider, a decline in interest, a decline in investment, and a decline in research. And so we wanted to spend a little bit of time on today's podcast, just seeing what we've, you know, uh, seeing and, and sharing, you know, regurgitating what we've seen in the market um, and how we've analyzed this so that we can put this into perspective for our listeners. So the first one that we said was a decline in interest. So, you know, we, like everybody else, we read the news, we, uh, we also talk to uh, lots of people in the market. We talked to vendors, we talked to enterprise, and we also talked to government. So we wanted to say, okay, really, where where are we with interest right now in artificial intelligence? Yeah, and um, in March thirty, end of March of this year, March thirty, twenty twenty two. If you guys are listening later, um, uh, publisher O'Reilly Media 
uh, published their latest version of a survey that they do on AI adoption in the enterprise, which they've been doing annually for five years, which is interesting because uh, I guess they started doing their study just about when we did our podcast. So we're kind of like pacing each other here, right? So they we do a podcast, they do a, a survey, right? And what they found in this latest uh, report was that there really hasn't been much change in enterprise adoption of AI tools and technologies over the last few years. So basically, it's been about the same uh, level of adoption. That means that um, you know, there was a surge of interest because we got some, some early adoption and some early you know, experience, but there hasn't been, like there wasn't more surge. It's not like the surge continued and the rate of growth has increased. That's a little bit worrisome, right? Because that means that companies are not uh, continuing to invest as much in AI. Like they made an early investment in 2017, 2018, 2019, they're kind of riding that out. And uh, that's, that's not necessarily a great, great sign. Second is uh, in that same report, it talks about that government and the education sectors are still largely evaluating AI. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> evaluating AI, right? I mean, like, listen to those words that were chosen. Right. And, you know, evaluation is good, but but adoption is necessary if you want to do yeah. something. I mean, how long are you going to evaluate this for? Come on, you're still evaluating this? Exactly. And it says that IT and financial services are still most likely to, to adopt it. We have seen adoption of, of, of AI in banking and in finance, insurance, mm-hmm. uh, in the tech sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're building, if you're building a product, we'll get to this at the end, but we'll talk about sort of like we're going to end on a positive note here. But we do want to share like there that there we are, there are signs that the general wave of AI craziness, you know, probably is at least plateauing. And we need to sort of think about it. if you're like, if you're a professional, right, especially if you're a project management professional and you're planning your career, thinking about where you want to go next, you might be thinking, oh, wait a second, you know, uh, I need to invest my time in learning new skills so that I can run these projects. But if you're telling me that there aren't going to be a lot of AI projects, why should I invest my time in AI certification? But that's actually not what's happening. What's happening is, is that we're getting to a period of reality and we're going to end on that where it's like the things that we're focusing on may not even necessarily be called AI anymore, but there's going to be an expectation that if you have to run a project, that you're going to need to have to know about these things. So we'll get to that at the end. I'm doing a little foreshadowing here. But basically, the general interest for, for AI does seem to be plateauing. In that same report, it says that the absence of dramatic growth in the rate at which enterprises are using AI as part of their standard hardware and software suite makes some think that the AI industry has, in some sense, stalled. So uh, that is um, what we've observed as well. And I think it's a realignment of expectations, right? And so we have a couple little points here, and like, you know, what does it mean to realign expectations? Are we even talking about AI? And you know, are people going crazy with the stuff they were talking about back when we started our podcast? Right. Right. I mean, you know, when when people talk about AI, they mean different things, which is why we said, all right, well. AI really is an umbrella term, right? And so we said, we'll talk about it as the seven patterns of AI. We have many podcasts on what is the seven patterns of AI and digging deeper into each of the seven patterns. And I'll make sure to link to those as well. But if I'm talking about AI, I may be talking about autonomous vehicles. And if Ron's talking about AI, he may be talking about an AI-enabled chatbot. Both of them are artificial intelligence. You know, that AI falls under that AI umbrella, but they're really very different things. We have continued to see, I think things have gotten a little better since we started in 2017. You know, people are understanding it a little bit more and saying, okay, you know, we can be talking about different things here and maybe we'll drill down a little farther. 
But even so, we'll talk to some people and they will think automation is intelligence, even though we say no, automation and intelligence are not the same thing. Automation is incredibly important and powerful, but it's just not intelligent. We had an entire podcast series on uh, the automation journey, which we just wrapped up. And I encourage you to check that out if you'd like to hear more. And also RPA, robotic process automation, people will interchangeably use with AI machine learning. So, you know, where are we really going here and what does that mean? Does it mean that AI is really the focus or are organizations and government agencies looking to automation? Are they having more of a data focus now? We have observed that automation, especially with the pandemic, has become a major priority for just about everybody. And we've also observed that everybody, this is organizations and individuals as well, have a much better understanding of data, their data footprint, what it means, the impacts that it can have, and discussions around data and you know a data focus than ever before. And that is also a good thing. But is there more now of a focus on data versus AI? You know, we're continuing to observe there. And then we've also seen events uh, and engagements with, you know, they're starting to be a de-emphasis on AI and maybe a decline, just a little bit of a decline. You know, we're not saying, oh, people have totally given up, but we've just observed in the past few years, the excitement and the major engagement is not at the level that it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that also just, I remember when we started our podcast, there were all this hyperventilation about the superintelligence and how scared Bill Gates was and Stephen Hawking when he was alive was scared of it. And Elon Musk was talking about, oh my gosh, you know, we got to prevent ourselves in this paperclip optimizer. And you know what? Um, there's a lot less of that crazy talk. You know, we call it crazy talk because it's sort of like, hold your horses here, man. Have you had a conversation with Alexa lately? You know, that's what we usually tell people or Siri. It's like, these are not that intelligent. If they can can't do basic things or you don't have to worry about them taking over the world. And we haven't solved even fundamental problems of, of general intelligence, let alone worry about it. Uh, we're not seeing as much of that anymore because I think that we're in this reality phase now, which is like, okay, well, let's just try to get the, forget about the super intelligence. Let's just get basic intelligence to work here, right? Let's just get fundamental stuff working here. And we're in that phase of reality. So as we mentioned, there's a sex. So we talk about interest. So interest seems to be Mm, becoming more realistic over definitely we're past the hype wave. So we're past hype. We're into the plateau of realistic expectations or something like that. We aren't in the valley of uh, discontentment or whatever that, that that's called there, but we're, we're definitely past peak in terms of hype. Right. But you say, well, who cares about hype? Are, you know, is there money? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, someone's got to fund all this sort of stuff. This is the second AI winter factor. And this is something that's actually not as we're seeing is an issue, but not even specifically related to AI. So right now, uh, the second major factor is that we are seeing a decline of investment in AI. In particular, we're seeing a decline of investment by the venture capital community uh, in startups that are funding, you know, VCs fund startups to, to grow. And the reason why, for those of you who, if you're not familiar with the entrepreneurial ecosystem and how venture capital works, if you have a technology startup and you know you're like ahead of where the market is, like, you know, you're, you're building something innovative, well, you can't use customer revenue. You can't what's called bootstrap your way there because there's just not enough customers or they're not sure that maybe they don't have budgets allocated. Maybe they're willing to take a risk, but they can't fund your company. And in the early days, it may take like 
hundreds, if not thousands of employees spending all this money and time to build the product. You have all that upfront cost. So almost every startup in this space is funded by venture capital. And venture capital are investors. They put their money in. They're not charity. They want their money back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ideally, they want to make a lot of money back. And the only real way to make a lot of money in venture capital is these companies have to either go public on the stock market when the stock market is doing great or get acquired by somebody who has a lot of money, crazy money out there. By And those companies who acquire them for crazy money, where do they get their money from? Well, they get it from the market, right? The problem is there's actually been a lot of articles, we've been reading about it, that there is actually a huge pullback right now in venture capital investment for a lot of reasons that are not even specific, have nothing to do with AI, right? And uh, there's been some, so we'll talk about those causes and we'll, we'll talk about what that means. If you're, if, you're, if you're a startup right now trying to raise money, you know how hard it is right now. I'm sure you do, especially if you are listening to this when we are recording this podcast about mid-year in 2022. You know, what we've seen is that 2021 valuations were different than 2022 and they were higher valuations, right? There's a lot of things that can be causing that and not all of that is AI related. So, you know, we're not saying that this is just for AI uh, companies and that this is just the AI market, but in general, there's financial market turmoil due to a variety of different factors, such as inflation, interest rates, supply chains, still crazy, uh -huh. and labor issues, you know, still are impacted from the pandemic as well. And then there's also geopolitical instability that can be causing some of these investors to just be more cautious and careful. This was not around in 2021, which is why deals in 2022 may be impacted for some of these issues. And this is going to be across the board, like I said, not just with AI. Also, um, you know, we have had podcasts on the valuation of, you know, what some of these companies are raising. I mean, A rounds are out of control, like a hundred million dollar A round. That's really out of control. And this isn't uncommon for the AI scene. Uh, we, I mean, Ron and I, we've, we've had a few podcasts on this in previous years, and we've written articles on this as well and Forbes and other places. And it's just the valuation. I mean, some of these rounds that they've raised have been absolutely bonkers. And we've continued to say this, and the amount of funding that some of these companies have is absolutely bonkers. So is there really just some leveling off of that? And people are finally realizing maybe these companies aren't worth this. Right, because in the, the day, someone in order to, to realize that value, it's not. It's, a, it's one thing to be worth that much on paper. You have someone. You have to realize that somehow to go public and be worth something. And there has there's been a major pause in the IPO market, so not a lot of companies are going public right now. This is not a good time to go public, people. <laughs> uh, stock markets major decline, and also there's this alternate way of going public where you can have a company that goes public but doesn't actually have a product, and that and that company can just raise money to acquire some other company, something called a SPAC. It's it's like a weird thing, but it, it avoids, it allows you to kind of go public earlier and things like that. But regardless, uh, these markets are not that frothy anymore. It's sort of like when you're, imagine like in the real estate market, when people were like buying houses and flipping them, it was like when, yeah, when the stock, when the housing market's going up, it's like a pretty smart investment. You buy a house for 500, you sell for 600, you put like, you know, a new bathroom in or whatever you do to tiling. But like when people are starting to pull back and buying houses, you can be under, and if you've borrowed your money instead of, uh, you know, saved it, you can be in real trouble and that can take the whole market down. That's 
exactly what happened in 2008, 2009. Housing crisis, uh, real estate market took down the whole stock market. Don't think that's going to happen here. This is not going to take the whole stock market down. But I do think the biggest things we're going to see in end, there was a wave of all these new what called unicorns, which are companies that were valued at over a billion dollars. There are still a lot of AI unicorns out there. I won't call any of them by name. You probably may recognize some of them, but I do think we're not going to see as many new ones. Uh, I think starting in 2022, if you haven't become a unicorn, it's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> Don't count on venture capital throwing 300, 400, 500 million dollars into a round into you and making you be that way. That means that these companies are going to become themselves more cautious with their money. They're going to be, you're going to start seeing them not investing as much in marketing. You're going to see them. And also let's be totally honest. The part of the reason why we we flail so many of these companies that have raised so much money is because a lot of them really are incompetent. I just that's the best way I could put it. It's like they're incompetent. You know, they might have a founder who is a great researcher, right? Maybe they won ImageNet or some something like that. Or maybe, you know, they just built some new AutoML product, right? And they're like, I know how to do this technology thing. They go out, the venture capital money market was crazy in 2017 through 2021. So they raised like a crazy amount of money, but but the customers aren't there. It's sort of like, or they don't know how to market or the product pricing. Is- <laughs> or they don't even have a marketing. They don't have a market or they're like, they're, they're, trying to find them. Yeah. they're trying to find a market. They have no what's called product market fit. They're counting on the money to hold them over until they figure that out. But when the money goes away, the tide goes out and these companies can't do it. So, um, you know, uh, we would say, you know, be very cautious, you know, especially the, the, a lot of the new startups, they're probably going to get acquired, merged. There's going to be a consolidation wave. It's going to happen. Don't put too many eggs in one vendor basket right now. It's probably the wrong time to do it. And as we said earlier about like, well, if, they're, if you're not getting money from these investors, the money has to come from the customers. But we just said previously that the government is still on the sidelines mm-hmm. for, the most, for the most part with their money. And enterprises haven't really greatly increased their adoption. So if you can't fall back to the customers and the investors are pulling back, it, it does say that's a second factor for the AI winter decline of investment. So we'll put that out. So anyway, enough about, so we got interest in investment. We do have a third factor that may indicate the winter, right? Exactly. So our third factor is research. And are we seeing a decline in research? Now, this is not a world that Ron and I spend all day in. So we, this is probably of the three areas, an area that we have not focused on the most. And so I just want to say that. Uh, We're not seeing too many signs of declined research, although we do know that current research is hitting its limits. And, uh, you know, I mean, even back a few years ago, we said we need to get to that common sense machine reasoning. We have not been seeing that. The research that's out there now, you know, are, I mean, also a few years ago, AGI, artificial general intelligence, was something that everybody was talking about. And I think. I mean, obviously, you know, people can hype that up, kind of over overspin it, uh, act like, you know, it's a lot sooner going to happen than I think in reality, even, you know, experts in the field thought it was because it was kind of just, you know, that buzzword would get you in the press, you could get noticed. But when we're looking at AGI, artificial general intelligence, and seeing some of the companies that have been in this space were notable in this space, DeepMind, for example. I mean, their idea was to get to AGI by playing games, right? And they came out with AlphaGo and AlphaGo Zero and all of all of this stuff that 
I mean, when it first came out, people were like, oh my God, this is crazy. What's happening? Where is this going to go in a few years? That's that's now many years old and we are still not at AGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some other companies that have that have kind of promised the same thing. And, you know, like we say, be careful of over-promising and under-delivering. Right. I mean, notably, OpenAI was started as a nonprofit to basically... Uh, democratize the stuff that was happening to move to AGI, but AGI was their stated goal. But they've kind of, uh, well, I don't want to call it a bait and switch, but basically they are really now a for-profit company that is selling access to their most popular tool, which is GPT-3, which is a text generation tool, natural language generator that uses AI to basically create some really great uh, prose and written content. You can do all sorts of stuff, code and all sorts of stuff. But that's not exactly AGI. And uh, you no. know, it, it, in some in some ways, it's sort of uh, disappointing, right? You know, it's, I'm not saying that the organization companies disappointing. They got some great stuff. Maybe they make a great business out of it. But they look kind of now like any other AI tech company that's some niche of AI doing something for some particular application. Open AI is not going to get into healthcare doing a, a radiology imagery, right? Anytime soon, they're not going to build autonomous vehicles. They're not going to start building robots. You know, they might they, they might say, and I, and if they want to respond to this podcast, please do send us an email by all means, please do. But like, and we'll have you on the podcast if we absolutely need to. But my point is, is that you know, that's not what was promised, right? And if when you start shifting goalposts to basically say, yes, we're delivering, but we're not delivering the thing we're saying we're delivering, then, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of out of the success landscape. So we talked about these three things here. We talked about, okay, decline of interest, a decline of investment, decline of research to some extent. I mean, not a huge drop. We haven't seen investment go to zero. We haven't seen interest go to zero. And we haven't seen research go to zero. Because of that, yeah, AI is still happening. It's still around. It's not like all of a sudden the pariah. If you say you're doing AI, you won't be shunned. Someone won't put you in the corner like we just talked about before and say, oh, there's the crazy person working on AI. No, you will actually will still be relatively well-respected. I think people will still, uh, if you're learning machine learning and you're learning you know, the technology around that, or even better, you're learning the methodology and the process for how to run AI and data projects. That's even more durable than learning the technology. Because if I told you, if you heard that little warning, don't put too many eggs in one basket, nothing wrong with choosing a cloud provider or some technology provider. But I cannot guarantee that those vendors will necessarily be around or their products will be around tomorrow. So if you can't focus on the technology and you want to be yourself, you want to make sure you don't end up in a winter, (laughs) have your own personal winter, right? You have to invest in yourself. And the thing that you can invest in is knowing process and method and approach that you can apply to the latest technology. So that's a whole other story here, but but I want to get into, well, what did we get from AI? You know, this, this whole thing about AI, even though it's had this history of ups and downs, right? Where we have, you know, hype and really lots of hope. And, and then, of course, the technology doesn't meet that hope. So uh, we have people pull back and they're like, oh, we don't want to do AI anymore. But then someone's got some new hope and then new investment and then over excitement. And then, oh, that didn't happen. And here we are um, with this probably going to have, just like every wave of AI, it crests and it comes down. So there will be a decline of investment interest in research at some point. I mean, it just kind of becomes a naturality. But with every wave, we get something out of it. So in this latest wave of AI, we have gotten some things that we can keep, that we don't have to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
there are a few things that we got in this latest wave of AI that you as a person can take with you and feel confident about using, even if we don't have intelligent machines at the level that were promised to us, maybe back in 20, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And so one of the things that we have gotten out of this wave is natural language processing, NLP, and conversational, that conversational pattern of AI. I mean, we've really made great strides here. And what's come out of this is we've had AI-enabled chatbots. We've also had voice assistants such as Alexa and Siri, uh, you know, who, I mean, they, they really, you can converse with them, right? And you can get some benefit out of that. I know that there's, you know, we had a voice assistant benchmark that we ran for a few years and they still do have a ways to go. But in general, the technology is here right now that you can get a lot of benefit out of this as long as you understand what it can and cannot do. This technology is here and it really has come a long way and this will continue with us for years to come. We've also, I mean, computer vision and that recognition pattern of AI we also have that, you know, Ron talked about ImageNet and I, I mean, we're really able to do a lot with this now. And this technology is here. We have seen major benefits from it. We have seen people use it and apply it in ways that really have added value. And this technology is here. And then also predictive analytics, you know, and that pattern and anomaly detection. We talk about how artificial intelligence is really good at being able to digest large amounts of data and use that data to either, you know, make predictions or to spot patterns and to also spot anomalies in that data as well. You know, what shouldn't be there? Fraud detection, for example. I mean, we have really seen this. Think about how far we've come with, you know, detecting fraud with credit cards. If we're traveling overseas now, no longer do we need to notify our banks and get a few days notice. We're, I mean, because we can also make purchases on the internet, right? You know, overseas, our card don't, our cards don't get declined or, uh, a holds placed on them. So we really have come a long way in particular with those three things. Yeah. And so if you're if you're running your your AI projects, advanced data projects and you want to be successful and you want to use natural language processing, computer vision, predictive analytics, pattern anomaly detection, you can be. And as a matter of fact, you know that's what we spend a lot of our time in CPM AI, which is definitely AI focused and we believe in it because we're going to spend our time on it, continuing to expand and increase it. It's a methodology for running these AI projects and one of the first things we do is say apply the right pattern of AI to the right problem. And that includes matching the capabilities of what's possible today with those solutions. So obviously NLP, computer vision, predictive analysis, pattern anomaly detection, that's great. So where are, did we not get with this latest wave of AI? Well, there's a couple of places that I don't think we've succeeded. As much as the attention has been on autonomous vehicles and autonomous systems, that is like one of the hardest patterns. <laughs> We talked about that in our automation to intelligence roadmap journey. Autonomous anything is difficult. And when you have the risk of death or other problems, it gets even more uh, intense. I don't know if we're going to ever see level five autonomous vehicles in widespread use. You know, we could see them in limited situations, but I would say, yes, you can also get on a train or ride a bus or get an Uber. And it's also something you don't have to drive and it'll take you to the end destination. And it's not really clear that the autonomous vehicles are going to displace those modes of transportation anytime soon. So that's, that's that. The second thing is, I don't really think we're getting any closer to artificial general intelligence. I mean, there's been a lot of attempts. There's the thought that maybe we'll get there through reinforcement learning, or maybe we'll get there through a smart 
massive neural network, but it's not really clear that we're getting there, right? Um, there hasn't been signs that we're actually any closer. We, we've innovated those things, but, but I don't know how many more innovations it'll take to get to AGI. I mean, we may not, never get there, right? And sort of the third area is that we still don't know how to do machine reasoning or common sense. You know, uh, machine learning is not machine reasoning. Machine learning finds patterns. But what do those patterns mean? It's up to the human to figure that out because machines cannot reason. Um, you know, also just a few other areas that, you know, I just want to say has not been so great about this latest AI wave. AI implied to healthcare has been a bit of a disaster. I just want to be totally honest. Uh, in pockets, it's worked for very particular problems, but it has not delivered what people have promised. We had said at many podcasts ago that there was a quote from the Radiology Association that something like 90% of, of radiology imagery would be analyzed by an AI uh, system first passed by like 2023 or 2024. I can't remember the, maybe even 2022. It was like, it was like very recent. It's clear that 90% of radiology images are not being evaluated by AI. Maybe not even 1% or 2%. You know, think about how many radiology images there are, like tons, right? Uh, we are not seeing AI first pass, uh, and, and plus a lot of other things, AI for predictive health, AI for you know taking a picture of some blotch on your skin and having it telling you if it's cancerous. We're not, there's like so many things there that have been promised, right? And I think one, maybe last two points here before we kind of wrap things up. You know, We do see a lot of AI still as marketing. Uh, people who use AI, but then you dig one level deeper, there's no machine learning model. So I don't really know what they're calling it. We are so glad when, when Kathleen brought up RPA, there was this conflation of robotic process automation with AI. We are not seeing that anymore. RPA is not AI. If anybody says RPA is AI, I want you to, to just walk away, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, right? Uh, that term robotic and process are two of the, the worst words that could be applied to what is most usually user interface automation using software bots that are mostly developed and created by humans that have to deal with all the variability. Uh, but that's that sort of said. And the last bit that we really just dislike is, is unfortunately, if you have a C-level title and you're a chief data officer or a chief AI officer, a chief technology officer, a chief innovation officer, I really, 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 really hope that you understand and know what AI is. Because if you do, and give yourself a pat on the back, because I want to separate you out, you're in the minority. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of C-level folks have disappointed us with their lack of understanding of AI, even at its at most fundamental level. Uh, we were on a call recently with someone who confused augmented reality with AI. They have nothing to do with each other. I don't understand it, how they get into the position. I will not ask how they got their jobs. But it's been disappointing because these are the people, when we went to that very first thing we talked about, which is O'Reilly saying that there hasn't been widespread adoption, growth and adoption, enterprise and government, it's because the people at the very top with those C-level titles don't know what they're talking about. And therefore, how can they implement something that they don't know? So uh, this is a problem and we hope to see an end to that insanity uh, soon. And it's going to be up to you if you're a project manager. And that's your role. You know that you are where the rubber meets the road. It is up to you to set that reality back. So we'll spend more time on our podcast talking to you, our project manager. If you're not a project manager, that's fine too. But we're going to be spending more of our time talking to folks who are bringing reality into this uh, hype-driven world. Yes, we are. And also, you know, we've we've talked about team leaders before as well. If you're a team leader and do not understand you know, what artificial intelligence is, if you're a C-level and don't understand what it is, it's 
really important that at a very basic level, you understand terminology, lexicon, what AI can and cannot do, what it's best suited for, the seven patterns of AI to understand that at a very fundamental level. At Cognolytica, we do offer workshops around that. And if you're interested in learning more, I encourage you to reach out to us at info at cognolytica.com. That's info at C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. You know, invest in yourself for success. Invest in your team for success. Because at the end of the day, you really need to have some of that very fundamental basic level concepts. Ron also talked about CPMAI, our cognitive project management for AI, methodology and certification. We are big advocates for doing AI right. Really, really, it's not that much money to invest to get the certification. Make sure that you have a methodology, you're following, you know, proven best practices, because if you've ever run an AI project and it's failed, you probably know that the cost of that failure was incredibly high and a lot more than what it would cost to invest in yourself and invest for your project success. So listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast, really giving you some things to think about with, you know, the AI winter. Is it is the next winter on its way or not? Uh, you know, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can always reach out to us. And please do make sure to subscribe to our podcast as well so you can get notified of all future episodes. The AI Today podcast, we'd love if you could give us ratings as well and reviews on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. We do read them and check them out. We love to see what's resonated with you, different topics that you'd like to continue for us to dig deeper on. I know some of our listeners do reach out to us and we always appreciate that. So again, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.